for 13 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. And here in the 9 o'clock hour, it's our on-the-house topic. Something on your home, castle, or cabin. We'll spend the entire hour trying to help educate you about one specific element over the course of the year. Uh, we break down and dissect topics uh, quite heavily. If you have our home maintenance calendar, it's a free publication that we mail out every year. You see February is color month. We're talking painting, interior, exterior. Uh, last week, we spent a lot of time talking color selection. This Saturday, we're talking paint prep, the surface prep, before you ever get your uh, dip your brush into your first, uh, first stroke of paint, everything that goes into it. The majority of the paint job should actually be in the prep. If it takes you longer to paint than it did to prep, you probably didn't prep well or You've got a very clean new surface that didn't require a lot of prep to begin with, in which case you might be probably a home builder. And a very few of us are in that situation. We're repainting an existing home, whether it's something that just needed an update or uh, we're trying to get uh, in good condition for company to come or if the house is going on the market. It's one of those funny things where paint can give such a great clean new look to a home that we do it just before we sell it and one of the first things that people will do according to statistics and people who track this is paint the interior to the color of our choice <laughs> so it, it gets two paint jobs really quick and uh we've got rosie and jennifer on the line joining us from austin texas and if you'd like to jump on the line one 4348 that's one triple eight rosie for you text and, questions and i uh, can be sent. Text questions can be <laughs> text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three, and you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse And there's a uh, just a slight second delay, so go ahead, Rosie. And I and I hope they do call. Give us a ring. Uh, I've got special uh, tactics and strategies for the Arizona homeowners this weekend. How to make Super Bowl weekend the most romantic weekend of the year. I, I, I think the NFL should have the Super Bowl every year on Valentine's Day weekend. I think so. We're going to be talking painting. We're going to be talking about Valentine's honeydew list. And we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. And we are broadcasting live from a motel room uh, overlooking the skyline of Austin, Texas, uh, because Rosie has a couple rules in life about flying on airplanes. And I don't fly on airplanes with broken parts. So we were boarding in Orlando after spending all week at the International Builder Show. And man, we, Jennifer and I are coming home with our brains about ready to explode. There's so many things to talk about that we'll cover in the coming weeks on what we discovered there. But as we were boarding, they asked us to turn around, go back into the uh, terminal waiting room. Uh, there was a broken part on the airplane. I said, okay, I will lead the charge back to the lobby. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I love to fly, but not on airplanes with broken parts. So we missed our connection and ended up checking into a hotel in Austin and having hot 
pockets for dinner <laughs> at 12.30 last night. It was just wonderful. You know, it was one of those travel days you'll remember for life. Every time a plane's on time and you, you get where you're going and everything's as scheduled, that's what happens 95% of the time. You never remember those days. Jennifer and I are going to remember yesterday's travel day for a long time. <laughs> it should make um, making Super Bowl Sunday romantic easy after that. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right. It, it could have been worse. There would have been a supply shortage on that airplane part. <laughs> well, there, well there, there's been that for a while. Uh, and, uh, you, can't even, you can't even order your refreshments. you got to point to a postcard now what you want. But anyway, we're here for the Arizona homeowners this morning. Uh, we're talking paint this hour. We're talking about Valentine honeydew list in the next hour. And we'll be sprinkling throughout the show today special strategies I've developed just this week in my week off on how to make Super Bowl weekend the most romantic weekend of the year. Let's talk painting. Romy, you were talking about priming quite a bit and the importance of it uh, prior to painting. You know, the other thing that you know as well is, is so important is go ahead and invest in a good paint and invest in, you're going to invest the time in proper prep. Invest the time in good products and good tools. Um, it, it, that alone, those three things, making the time, investing the, for the tools, and investing in the product, those three things alone get absolutely make huge differences on what the final project really looks like. It can really shout at you as to uh, who did this job. <laughs> and in the prep work, you know, it depends on what surface we're preparing to paint uh, and how uh, we clean it prepare it. Uh, we go through a couple things in our article this week talking about, uh, you know, if we're dealing with wood rot on the exterior, you see that a lot in the fascia, uh, efflorescence on masonry, uh, mildew. If you've got uh, north-facing microclimate on some T111, you can uh, often see that there. And I don't know where you still stand. I haven't heard you mention it, but I was talking to uh, Don yesterday, who was, does a lot of painting, uh, in his in his past, and there was a, a two power wash, not to power wash debate going on, and that can be a very easy way to clean the exterior of a surface wall. But um, he's not a fan of that because everything a paint is designed to do is keep moisture out. So by power washing it, you're just introducing moisture to the surface that you're trying to keep moisture from being introduced into and he's more of a fan of air cleaning it uh, or mm. getting a wire brush and scrubbing it before uh, uh, not before the actual masking and protecting stage of your paint job you know don don and i go way back and uh we we, we hardly disagree on anything but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it to his face. He's wrong on this one. <laughs> but um, air air cleaning is powerful. Um, but I'll tell you what we we I've used power washing on wood uh, for many many decades. The critical thing is people get impatient and then they start applying paint to it before it they it thoroughly dries or they're holding the the nozzle way too close to the wood. So 
All things considered, Don is probably right, like he always is. I will defer that to him for the truly, absolutely, perfectly, professionally done job. But for a homeowner that wants to get in, get her done, um, a, a little, a little 1,000 psi pressure washer held about 16 inches away from the surface just to beat off the flaking paint. Um, I'll stand by that uh, for a long, long time. But uh, in all deference to to Mr. Dombries, who is, like I said, he and I go back almost. Can you believe it's over 30 years? <laughs> Holy cow! So, and that's there, 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 there has been that ongoing uh, discussion, and the, uh, a little funny backstory of that is I know Don loves to shop at Cabela's on the west side of town, and I know a door greeter there, and he knew Don, and so I told him, hey, next time Don walks in, tell him you pressure wash all your wood siding. <laughs> <laughs> backstories on painting um i'll tell you the one of the things uh, that you need to remember is boogers are your enemy when it comes to drywall mud taping and texturing and or paint never conduct your tools or handle your tools in a way that little dry ball bearing boogers of paint start accumulating on the edge of the can or at the base of your brushes, or at the edges of your rollers. If that's happening, you're not maintaining a consistent enough pace with your work, and you're allowing things to, to dry too quick before it's getting on the wall. Be very fastidious about not allowing paint boogers to start building up on your paint cans or on your brushes, or on your rollers, and always have a little white rag in your back pocket that you can use wiping up the little drips and spots and dabbles that are ending up in places you don't want them. Keep most paints today are water-based. Just when it starts getting ball-bearinged up, boogered up, just go rinse it off. Dry it real well. Get it back to damp. As a matter of fact, a lot of good painters will tell you, before you start the paint job, water dip your paintbrush, water dip your roller, drain the excess water off. And now with the bristles and the rollers already pre-dampened, it will greatly enhance the paint job. There's a tip and a trick and a secret you can't get anywhere else but right here at Rosie on the house. And we're talking paint prep today. That was a little bit on paint application, which is our topic next week. And we're going to dive a lot more into that as well. And we've got a break coming up here real quick. But when we get back, we'll address the masonry side of things and with the efflorescence and how to uh, eliminate that problem before you apply. Because that can ruin an expensive paint job if you don't take care of that properly. Because uh, if you don't eliminate the problem, it shows up right away. And there's nothing more aggravating than having a problem right after you're done painting. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, looks like a clear blue sky out there. Beautiful day to do anything around your home, castle, or cabin. 
or just kick back and relax if you're caught up on all your home maintenance and enjoy today's program. We're talking about paint preparation for uh, multiple different applications. Right now we're all still on the exterior of the home. And we're going to talk about something that happens in concrete called efflorescence. Uh, I, I've heard it. Uh, well, people pronounce it multiple different ways: effervescence, efflorescence. Uh, I think we decided efflorescence was the yes. pronunciation yes. we were going to stick to. Yes, that is the correct efflorescence. And it's a chemical reaction to moisture moving through cement, the lime that's and the. Uh, ash that's inside the concrete mix, as moisture moves through it, it will bring those materials out and the water evaporates, leaving the white mineral on the surface of the concrete. And you think, well, I don't have any moisture in there. Well, water is a very, uh, you know, water will go where water wants to go. And you wouldn't think it, but it can come up from underneath the ground. And think, well, it's a desert. How much water is underneath there? Well, a lot, <laughs> and, and it's amazing what it can do and where it chooses to show itself, but most often on our homes where you're going to see this is around the stem wall of the home. Sure, you could see it in certain areas of stucco, but more often than not, this is something that you see on the stem wall, and it's fairly easy. It's just labor-intensive to correct that. Obviously, the first thing you want to do is clean all of those mineral deposits off. That might be a good place for your power washer back there, Rosie. But in a lot of cases, to get every mineral off, you will need your steel brush. Scrub the heck out of it. And then you want to put a water sealant onto not only just where you see it. I would go ahead and put it, um, you know, depending on how bad it is, you know, it if you're already doing it, you know, that whole length of that wall, because if you seal it here and there's moisture back there, well, the moisture can move to where it can come out. So as long as you're there and because the quantity, you know, that you buy it, the water sealing in, you're going to have enough to do the whole length of that stem wall more in most applications. So why not? Yeah. And they, they actually do make, efflorescent primers to block the moisture and you're right Romy a lot of people say well there's no there's no rain in the desert well there's sprinkler systems in your neighbor's yard spraying up against your block wall uh, and anytime and every time we have a monsoon event like we had last year in particular with efflorescence this winter and this spring are going to be uh, epic and uh, it's because of all the moisture that got into those masonry units. And they're actually bringing that salt out to the surface. There's a reason it's called the Salt River Valley. It's because of huge salt deposits up where the Black and the White River come together on the Indian Reservation to create the Salt River. That salt carries down into our river bottoms that we use all the uh, products from, the mining from, to build our masonry products and our cement in Arizona. So it's bringing out all those minerals with the salt. As the masonry is wet, the sun comes out, cooks the outside surface, causing the water to migrate out to the surface. Well, as it's migrating out, it's bringing all of that to the surface. Dehyd it dries, 
and then you've got that little white fungus powdery substance all over. It happens on sidewalks next to uh, planters that get regularly irrigated. You can wipe it down with a little vinegar diluted water and a nylon brush, get rid of it. But then again, for concrete slabs, the only way to avoid it is turn off the irrigation system in the area to eliminate it from masonry walls. You might consider painting the entire wall with an efflorescent blocking primer, which several, most of the major manufacturers carry that. So that's the way you can beat efflorescence, at least in the short term. Chances are you won't beat it forever. It'll show back up sooner or later, just like every paint job. Okay, Rosie. Don't last forever. Um, okay, this is. Let me see how sensitive I can go here. Pigeon poop. <laughs> I have pigeon poop on my block wall. D- that's d- not efflorescent. That's not efflorescent. <laughs> that but that's not the white. <laughs> that's not white the stuff white. we're talking about. <laughs> I never thought about that. But that's, just just cleaning it off. That's from a, that's from all the salt your pigeons are drinking <laughs> out of your margarita in the backyard. <laughs> Uh, I got a party with the pigeons now. <laughs> okay, so what about what's your question about pigeon poop? Because that is okay. that is a problem. Well, the, in very many neighborhoods, I, I can't power wash it because uh, you know the mo- you don't want the moisture buildup for the efflorescence. So, how, is there a proper way to clean it off a block wall? Ooh, I I I think I would I I don't like getting too close to pigeon poop. I I like standing three feet away with a pressure washer. <laughs> I don't either. It reminds me of that NFL Atlanta team. Uh, that's a long story, but, uh, oh, but and, uh, <laughs> and a heavy concentration of it. It can be a carcinogenic. I do remember mm-hmm. that because when we were doing some roof repair on a property that had a large pigeon population and it was this uh, a big deposit. Um, I was just going to go start cleaning it, and the guy's like, no, 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 this is a heavy carcinogenic. We've got to go get, uh, you know, special breathing treatment, and, you know, there was there was a whole process to get rid of it. Call in wow. the Superfund cleaning. So, <laughs> Superfund cleaning, that's right. Best oh. answer is to uh, eliminate the pigeon problem, and then we'll address cleaning that up. But we've got a couple textures that have rifled through. We've got a couple... Phone lines ringing at one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie We're going into the bottom of the hour news break, so we'll get them all in queue and ready to uh, rap, rifle through them and after Romy, the break. Romy, when we, when we come back, Rosie's going to give his number one step tip how to make Super Bowl weekend the most romantic Valentine's weekend you've ever had. Valentine's weekend's all about. And blue skies, too, here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Valentine's weekend, Super Bowl weekend. What could be better? All right. Tip number one. And I put together a whole series of tips I'll cover through the course of today's broadcast. Tip number one. Guys, you know what you're going to be doing tonight. Tomorrow night. Game day. You're going to be watching football. All right, so start the day correctly. Get up early. You fix the coffee, and you prepare the breakfast. And think about bringing your wife breakfast in bed to start Super Bowl Sunday. 
tip number one. All right, let's get back to painting. <laughs> Everything it takes to get ready for the paint project. We were talking about efflorescence and masonry outside. I mean, how about uh, uh, you've gotten pretty good with that old drywall knife and drywall repairs, and you want to give a tip or two on just detailing those drywall imperfections before you get started? Well, um, I'm actually, we, we will get to the interior, but let's do exterior for a little bit because okay. we actually had a... I can't believe I'm going to take. Could you turn your phone down, sir? <laughs> it's actually the FaceTime. Oh, okay. That's picking up the extra audio. Okay. So well, that second device on their side, we just need to mute it. Um, uh, we had a texter, an emailer, excuse me, send in a picture to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And it's a picture of uh, T111 siding and where the two sheets of T111 have come together. There was It's splitting. And you can see the caulking. Uh, splitting as well and she wants to know uh, obviously what do I do to repair this and it's about the same as any other crack um, you, you'll want to get a razor knife cut off the caulking of the T1 uh, and e if you end up cutting off a little bit of T111 that's okay as well but um, you know you don't have to sit there and be super meticulous to not damage it um, the, that blade is going to stake to the caulking for the most part. But you want to cut off and get away as much of that old stuff as you can because the bond of the new caulking that you're going to put on it is only as good as the surface it's applying to. So if you've got the loose stuff that's still hanging there and you're trying to put a new bond uh, to cover that seam attached to loose material that's there, well, obviously you're not going to get a great seal. So clean off as much of the old stuff as you can, and then elastomeric caulking. Now, you hear us talking in painting, you've got to be very careful with elastomeric because we do like it for crack repair. It's uh, flexible. It moves as the material moves uh, without breaking its bond. But you don't want to use elastomeric paint. Um, a lot of people think, well, if, if it's good enough for sealing cracks would be good enough for just sealing the whole home well that's the problem it seals the home and you don't want to do that you want moisture to be able to still wick through uh, your walls otherwise it starts condensating on the inside of your walls creating uh, you know obviously a lot of problems there mold wood rot etc so use acrylic paint when you're doing it but elastomeric caulking is great for cracks you know that's when you look at the entire surface area of your home and the amount of surface area that this tiny little crack of elastomeric caulking you're putting on, it's not going to affect the overall home. So make sure you're using an elastomeric caulking. And in this case, for uh, the homeowner, where the two sheets have come together, one is kind of popped out a little bit and it's looking like it's the nail heads, it's pulling through that. What I would do in that case pull those nails out and then um, just sink another nail in between the two so there's you know about it looks like about every four inches there's a nail we'll just take the old ones out that have popped start two inches above that and then resync new nails on fresh parts of the material caulk over that and then you're ready for your new paint application we've also got a texture that sent in uh, a question that wants to know about, uh, I guess, 
uh, can paint cover up the smell of heavy cigarette smoke? Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's a two-part answer. Yes, but what you have to do first... Prep. Prep's important, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's a product called TSP, trisodium phosphate. Okay. And... You know, you'll want to wear goggles, you want to wear rubber gloves, follow the directions, but you'll want to scrub the walls down with this TSP. Um, it's an ammonium base, and that'll help break down the, you know, the caked on, uh, what do you call it, what do you call it, smoke? Smoke, yeah. Uh, you know, sounds funny to say smoke is caked on, but, I mean, it, it does leave a residue. And I, I was, I've witnessed this before. I was working satellite radio in Dallas in the break room. They were removing the cubby... Uh, areas this this huge wall and you could see where the white paint was and a yellow outline against the rest of the wall so it it's definitely uh you know smoke against the wall smoke on the wall oh it was ugly it smelled bad too it is <laughs> and I, and when you're trying to get rid of smoke odor in a home you 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 can't just stop thinking about walls and wall paint if it's an older home with the acoustic ceiling now's the time just to scrape that ceiling, retexture it, and get rid of all that. But to really get rid of a of a home that's been lived in by a smoker over a long time, you're going to have to go to carpet removal, drapery removal. Uh, it's it's a and and it depends a lot on how sensitive you are <laughs> to it. But it uh, it can be a big it can be a big job. Paint alone will not cover that odor or the odor of uh, indoor pets that have been allowed to use the inside of the house as their restroom. How about insulation? Would that be another layer, maybe? That, well, de yeah, depending on you, you could block the cigarette smell without dealing with the insulation. But if there's an animal in the house that's been saturating a particular favorite part of the wall or carpet or um, uh, rubber matting underneath the carpet, then then you've got a whole other level to deal with. So let's just stick with the cigarette smoke for now. Okay. You, won't, you won't have to deal with the insulation to get rid of smoke. Okay, I'll, I'll throw a curveball. How about air ducts? Because smoke will get in there. Would uh, air ducts need to be you, cleaned? You you definitely need to go through and do a, a whole, uh, air conditioning system clean, the A-coils, the air handling cabinet, the ductwork as well. And that would be an excellent time to consider applying, having applied an aerosol treatment to seal all your ductwork. So all of that odor and all that nicotine, residue nicotine gets, gets completely encased by this aerosol treatment. And I'll throw one little sidebar in here from the home show. They are now aerosealing entire homes. That's one of the things I'm going to want to be talking about in the weeks coming up, sealing your entire home. That's it, a huge job. This is brilliant. I can't wait to try it on our next big remodel. Can I, can I ask you another question, too? So after you've done the TSP, would you start with kills? Would, you, would that, that be would, necessary with, the, with that yeah. as well? And again, it depends how sensitive you are. I wouldn't have to do that, but you would. Yes, I would. <laughs> And Kills is a very thick, thick paint application. Um, you can get into spray paint, and this 
application, you know, if it's isolated to one room or you're doing every wall in your house to get rid of it, you know, you'd obviously get the, the liquid gallon and roll it on just like any other uh, paint. And it's, but it's a lot thicker than paint and it will help block in, you know, what may ever be left of that residue after you've washed it. After you wash it, you need to then clean the wall with clean water after you use the TSP and water solution. Then you go back with clean water to make sure you get all the TSP off so that you get a good bond with your kills. Then when you're done with your kills, it's white. It's going to look like a hospital. You can then go back and apply whatever finish color paint you have. And the double layer of the kills and the paint, and, um, you know, and this is a, an application where a more expensive paint would be a good investment uh, just because it's thicker paint and you're, you know, you're trying to mask as much of that as you can. That'll at least help the walls. But like Rosie said, there may be some applications where you've got to take window treatments and get them clean professionally. Might be time if it's carpet, um, you know, that might need to be replaced. Uh, we were talking about ducts, you know, like uh, Arizona chimney and duct. Becky, they've got uh, air filters and room purifiers uh, that you might be able to use to cheat not having to do the flooring right away. If it's tile, you can clean that, obviously, or another hard surface. But You might consider the microbial paint from Arizona Paint Company, too. My, that's what I was trying to think of, yeah. microbial. Yeah, that, that'll kill everything. <laughs> well, just about everything. So there's a few tips on eliminating residual odors of a home maybe you uh, have acquired and uh, or uh, a habit you've given up and you'd like to uh, eliminate any traces of it. Uh, that's all inside prep brings us inside. Uh, once you've done that and you start looking closely, you're going to find drywall surfaces that need a little touch here, touch there, a little extra attention, that's for sure. And we'll get to drywall prep right after this. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. Where we are talking today about painting. We're going to be talking about honeydew lists for Valentine's Day. And we're also talking... Uh, about a new conviction I got in this last week I took off, making Super Bowl weekend the most romantic weekend of your married life. We've already talked about uh, you, Mr. Man, get up early, fix coffee and breakfast, and bring it to your sweetheart in bed. If you have a family tradition, tip number two, take notes now, you're going to need all this. Tip number two, if you have a tradition of getting the kids up and heading off to church on Sunday mornings, why don't you braid your little girl's hair? Why don't you tie your son's necktie? Why don't you shine the shoes and get everybody dressed, ready, and prepped? So you fed your sweetheart breakfast in bed. You've got the kids ready to go to church. And we'll pick up tip number three after this. Let's get back to the show of uh, Rosie on the House, where we're talking about everything having to do with your household castle or cabin in this hour in particular we're talking about painting Romy where would you like to wrap the painting conversation up this hour well I will hit drywall prep but before that I think um, you know you 
and, and that advice, you know, low, know your limitations. You you may not want to see what a dad's <laughs> braiding job looks like. Uh, it may not be what you want to show up in Sunday's best. It's looking like <laughs> you stuck your finger in an electrical socket or something. Yeah, yeah. He, He's in Austin, and there's a saying down there called, keep Austin weird. So that would fit in right <laughs> perfectly with him. <laughs> Uh, but, All right, <laughs> but drywall. You know, your drywall is a very interesting product. It's the the gypsum, the 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 rock that's inside the sheetrock is a white material. A lot of it, especially in the Phoenix area and Tucson area, well, Arizona in general, a lot of it comes out of Vegas because they mine it and make it there. You see trucks coming down ninety three and uh, the sixty a lot. Uh, you know, just full of drywall. And you're like, well, well it's because it's, they make it in Vegas. So they're shipping it in for the interior surface in most of our homes is drywall. And in that drywall is then cased with paper. And the blue drywall that you see, that is what you put in your shower bathrooms uh, to make it more moisture resistant. The thicker sheetrock, that's what they put inside your garage to make it your fire barrier that's required by code or inside your home it's generally half inch it'll be three quarter inch in your garage to you know give an additional uh a one hour fire protection so but it's it's you can damage it you know it's just paper with uh with with a rock material that's not a solid rock it's a very powdery rock if you've ever cut sheet rock you know it it flakes and chunks very easily uh so you know, kids, whatever, uh, doorknobs, you know, behind doors, if you didn't put a door stop in, you, you've got holes in your drywall there. A lot of times, uh, you don't need new drywall to patch it. There is a joint compound that you can get that'll fill up those cracks, those dents. Um, but if you do need, uh, to do a full patch in our blog article today, when we get to the drywall section of repair, uh, there is a link to click here to, re- you know, how to repair a hole in the drywall. And we've got a great picture-assisted uh, DIY article there that shows you how to cut a drywall patch. And it's it's hard to explain, but, you know, let's say you've got, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say a sheet of paper size hole that you're trying to patch because I got a sheet of paper in my hand. You would cut your drywall patch about eight inches bigger, so e, so you'd have four inches overhang on each side. You'd flip that piece of drywall over, mark your four-inch parameter all the way around it, then cut the drywall, but not through the second sheet of paper. So you've got the first sheet of paper and the drywall, and behind that uh, is a second sheet of paper. You don't want to cut all the way through. And what will happen once you've got that parameter cut on all four sides you know, you'll be able to break it and pull the sheetrock off, leaving the paper on what would be the finished surface. So when you put that patch over it, you've got an overlap of paper onto the good existing drywall. And a patch that big, you'll probably need to put some wood shims in there um, first. And the article talks about how to do that. And then that will give you this patch because drywall compound alone wouldn't be enough to hold it so then you can then put a few screws in it so it's set you know you're using uh you're now anchoring it 
then you can use your drywall compound to feather in the edge and then do whatever type of wall texture you have. And this is one reason why you see orange peel as such a common finished texture is because it hides a lot of imperfection. And when you've got, you know, a production builder doing a lot of homes, they don't have time to sit there and do a lot of smooth finish. Uh, you know, they, that drywall texture, you can blow and go a lot easier and move through a bigger volume. And it's not a bad look, um, but that's why you see it a lot. If you've got a smooth wall finish, that's a lot harder to then blend in your patchwork. You've got to spend a lot of time sanding and maybe re-putting on compound and re-sanding so that when you look at it from the side, you can't tell where one uh, where that patchwork is because the light shining on the angle on the side on a perfectly smooth wall finish will show every imperfection. So you may it may take you three or four times with your joint compound, sanding it, water sponging it, getting that patch smoothly beveled out so you can't see where it is. Then you apply your primer over that and come back with your paint. Next Saturday, we'll be talking, moving into the paint application part of this month's painting topic.